I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. How bad is number two on In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. What is up, Falcons fans? My name is Jesse Head, and this is another episode of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons related. And this is the 18th episode of the Heads Up Podcast. Atlanta Falcons are wrapping up mandatory minicamp today. Uh, been at it with minicamp the past couple weeks with rookies and then whole team and then now mandatory. Um, what have we learned uh, through the through this minicamp from the, from the team overall and the coaching approach? To me, we've learned that this is going to be a no-nonsense um, uh, approach to coaching. And Arthur Smith, you know, we kind of saw that with how he deals with the media and how he uh, communicates what's going on with the team. Not very colorful. Uh, He keeps things truly black and white. Uh, Doesn't really provide much insight on what's going on. We kind of learned that through how he answered questions about Julio Jones. And I don't worry about players that never coach, Jeff. So. Uh, Really kind of refused to get you know, any, any kind of give any kind of insightful informations on the situation. Um, and he's just a guy that I think he brings that, that professional, you know, corporate background approach that he learned from his father, you know, his father being the founder of, of FedEx. I think he kind of brings that professional approach and that no nonsense approach um, to the team. And, you know, example that I saw, there was a tweet that was screenshotted from D Orlando Ledbetter one of the Falcons media guys, and he tweeted out that Kyle Pitts had jumped jumped off sides uh, in, during minicamp, and they made him run laps around the field. Um, so you're talking about true accountability, something that has been up in the air of, for question about the Falcons with Dan Quinn being, um, you know, a, a true players coach, if you will. And a lot of people question the accountability accountability that we had on our players. And this just proves, I mean, you got your number one draft pick, jumps off sides, and he's running laps. That sets an example. There is going to be no acceptance for what your name is, where you were drafted, and what you've done for the team. Uh, there's going to be accountability held uh, for everybody. But uh, this episode, guys, we're going to dig into the offensive scheme of Arthur Smith. I know we've been talking about that and doing that for a while, we did the defense Dean piece uh, three four scheme and something that we haven't seen in a long time. We dug into the details of that. Now we're going to do that with the offensive uh, with the offensive scheme and Arthur Smith's um, approach that he takes. Um, and one thing that you know I, we haven't done the Falcons haven't done and we haven't seen in a very very long time is an offensive minded coach. And that I think that's something that all teams are going to start moving towards. I think now it's such an offensive-driven league, you need that cohesiveness and that time. And once you put all that effort in getting you know, your quarterback set up with an offensive-minded coach and an offensive scheme, you don't want to pull the rug out from under that and change it up on them. We've seen firsthand what that's done to Matt Ryan's career, and you just sit back and wonder, had we had an offensive-minded coach 
you know, how good would this team be and what would we have accomplished? Imagine if, you know, you switch the roles of Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn, had we kept, you know, obviously we wouldn't have done that, but if assuming or, or an ex, you know, imagining that, that Kyle Shanahan would have been our head coach at the time, the damage that they would have done together with that cohesiveness and being on the same page, it's amazing to, to truly think about what we could have accomplished. But now we have that offensive minded coach. Um, and uh, it's exciting to see that we're going to you know, be able to, to get this team on the same page for a long time and not have to worry about switching uh, offensive schemes and coordinators. So we are now in the phase of life without Julio and what this team's going to look like. Julio is off to the world. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to Jack Squat! <laughs> Uh, without a Falcons jersey, he's going to be in a Tennessee Titans jersey um, uh, for the first time after 10 years, uh, being with his entire career with the Atlanta Falcons. So crazy to see, but we're going to jump into this uh, offensive scheme. Uh, I've done a lot of research, uh, crunched a lot of different numbers. I uh, got a lot of different percentages I'm going to throw out there about this offense. Uh, so guys, let's uh, let's jump right into it. You guys have heard me talk about Airport Vapes before. They're premier provider for all your vaping needs in Atlanta. They've got vape mods, tons of vape flavors. They've got a CBD line called Hollum's Hems. They've got tincture lines. They've got gummies. They've got uh, tincture lines for your pets. They've got all kinds of stuff. you got to go in there and check these guys out. Go in there and ask for Kurt. Kurt's the owner. He's an expert on all this stuff. He has dedicated his life to this store and making sure that he provides the best products in the Atlanta area. Go over there and check them out. They're located on Lang Avenue in Hapeville, Georgia. So there were a lot of questions when we went out and hired Arthur Smith as our head coach. He wasn't a major name in the head coaching uh, pool, if you will, of the uh, prospects uh, that were out there. Uh, a lot of people weren't talking about him from the get-go. His name started ramping up and surging to the top of the list after the interviews, and people started uh, realizing just how smart this guy was in his approach to the game. The best way to describe this offense is balanced. Um, it's balanced and it's efficient in the sense that um, it's not a pass-first offense. It's not a run-first offense. It's an offense designed to adapt to whatever situation that you're in in the game, um, and you don't know what's going to come at you. Uh, that is the best way uh, to sum, sum up this offense without getting into the numbers, but we're about to get into the numbers. So offense uh, by the numbers in 2020, points scored 30.7, which was fourth in the NFL. Total yards per game, 396.4, which was second in the NFL. Rushing touchdowns, 26. Passing touchdowns, 33. This guy runs an extremely balanced offense, and it is designed the way that he approaches the game. His mind approaches how he's going to call plays is to, is to maximize the potential of the players that you have. Of the players with the best skill sets is how he wants to approach uh, the game and how he calls the game. It's not a run-first offense. It's not a pass-first offense. This offense is strictly designed to be balanced. You can call a lot of different things out of it, and you can call things geared to the players that were, are, are best fit on your offense um, to maximize their potential. 
another thing that people are going to love hearing, really hot stat for you. Um, in 2019, he led the league in red zone touchdown percentage. One thing the Falcons have struggled with for a long time. So 75% of the time when they got into the red zone in 2019, uh, they, uh, scored a, uh, they scored a touchdown. And that was first in the NFL. I think the next year it was like, I don't have the exact number in front of me. I couldn't find it on, find it on PFF, but they were third in red zone touchdown percentage. So that is huge. You want to hear that as a Falcons fan after years and years and years of struggling when we got into the red zone. That's not going to happen uh, with Arthur Smith's offensive scheme at all. Let's talk about the most important position on the field, the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill under Arthur Smith was an absolute animal, and he was nothing like that before he got there. So we're going to look at 2016 to 2020, um, so two years prior to uh, before he got under um, Arthur Smith's offensive scheme and then the two years that he was under it. So 2016 with the Miami Dolphins, he had 19 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Journeyman below average numbers. 2018, he had 17 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. Journeyman below average numbers. First year with the Tennessee Titans under Arthur Smith's control. In 2019, he had 22 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. Next year, so one-year experience under Arthur Smith's offensive scheme. In 2020, he had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. A lot of people like to give credit to Derrick Henry. Though you don't get, I don't care who your running back is, you get those kind of numbers, you can ball in that scheme. So Arthur Smith turned Ryan Tannehill, a guy that people laughed at that name when you heard it, turned him into a superstar, a pro bowler in 2020. That's pro bowl stats right there. And so imagine what he's going to be able to do with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is one of the most polished guys when it go, when it comes to going through your progressions and finding the holes in the defense. Uh, the guy, you know, he's not a super athletic dude. The guy has gotten off um, in throughout his career uh, being a smart uh, quarterback uh, that knows how to read defenses and call and and uh, go out there and find the holes in the uh, in the defense. So this team was successful. The Titans, the Tennessee Titans team, was successful because they ran to set up the pass. And I think it's going to be the opposite with the Atlanta Falcons. I think we're going to pass to set up the run, but it's still going to be a balance. It's still going to be a balance. At the end of the year, you'll still see balanced stat numbers when you look at it. So what does he do to be so successful? Okay, one thing that he does love is tight ends. He loves using his tight ends in various ways. It does two things. One, it allows you to run the ball, gives you an extra blocker. The other thing that it does is it allows you to protect your quarterback um, when your offensive line is not capable of doing it, especially against uh, you know defenses where we're playing blitz-heavy defenses that have some dudes that are going to be mismatches for us on the offensive line or at the line of scrimmage, if you will. And, um, you know, so a lot of tight end heavy sets. So the Titans offense was extremely balanced in the sense of how they uh, ran or, or how they called their personnel uh, sets. So a ton of the time you saw 11 personnel. That 40% of the time they had 11 personnel out there. So one running back. Uh, one tight end. The other grouping that, that they saw a lot of, 33% of the time, was 12 personnel, 
one running back, two tight ends. So you see a ton of these groupings. They make up 73% of the groupings that show up on the field. Now, the way that they feature these groupings is in a lot of different ways to create a lot of different mismatches. So you'll see a ton of different sets in how they line these guys up. You'll see a lot of two-by-two sets um, out of the 11 personnel and 12 personnel, meaning uh, two two guys lined out, um, uh, balanced on the tight each. Today, Junior! Side of the line of scrimmage, and then two wide receivers out wide. You'll see three-by-one sets, three folks out to the left, and then one to the right. And then every once in a while, he'll really open it up and do a three-by-two set, and they've had a ton of success out of that. A lot of the touchdowns that they scored in the red zone, a massive amount of them, were out of the three-two set. So an empty backfield and having all your tight ends, wide receivers, and even in a running back out set up at the uh, on the outside. They did a ton of that. Do a lot of pre-snap motions uh, to create mismatches and to uh, create distractions uh, for the defense. He had a lot of success with creating the mismatches with his receivers and his tight ends um, by doing the pre-snap motions that he does. He does a lot of it, and it's really successful the way that he does it in getting his receivers open and on mismatches. His run, his run approach is a zone blocking scheme. Um, zone blocking scheme for those that don't know is really a, um, it's really a, to me, it's a simplified, uh, run, uh, approach in the sense that the, uh, offensive linemen that are blocking simply block a zone, like it says in the title. Um, and then the running backs are, um, they read, they read the backside of the linemen. So if they call an outside zone, they're reading the tight end and the uh, offensive tackle. If they call a split, they're reading the guard and the tackle. And whatever back, wherever their back is facing is the side that they're supposed to run to. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? So that's how it's designed. A lot of people believe that the running back or that the zone blocking scheme is designed for an athletic running back. It's really designed for a running back that has good ball carrier vision. Uh, that's the reason Derrick Henry had so much success. If you go back and watch his highlights, his ability to find the hole, pick the hole, and then get out into the uh, to the backfield of the defense um, is absolutely amazing. And I think Mike Davis will have a lot of success in that as well. Um, 36% of the Titans' run plays came out of that 12 uh, personnel grouping, and 31% came out of that 11 personnel grouping. So that is one thing that stays consistent, that 12 personnel grouping and that 11 personnel grouping. He loves to have a tight end out there, and he's going to have a field day with Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst in the mismatches that he's going to be able to create. As far as passing goes, runs a lot of pass plays out of the same exact formations that he runs out of. And that's why this defense is so hard to read. He runs the same groupings in the same uh, sets, but he'll pass and run out of those, and you never know what's going to come. We suffered from this forever with Dirk Cutter. We never, ever knew, or we always knew, when he was going to run and when he was going to pass, and the defenses knew it too. He did not d- design his, his offenses and, uh, or his uh, play calling uh, to keep anybody guessing. He just said, you know, I've got these guys, and I'm just going to go out there and beat you. With the Titans, you don't know what's coming at you, so if you have the talent there to do it, you're going to absolutely uh, you know, scorch uh, the defenses total pass plays 49% came out of the 11 personnel 
um, and then 30% came out of the 12 personnel. So, you know, looking at the guys that we have without digging too deep into it, we can do this on some other episodes, but you got Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst, and Mike Davis. That's a 12 person that's a 12 personnel grouping. That's a nasty group of dudes. You can do a lot of different things with that. And then sometimes putting Corderell Patterson at running back, take out Mike Davis. That's a nasty group of dudes right there. You take Mike Davis out and throw Corderell Patterson out there in that three by two set with an empty backfield. How do you defend that? You bring Corderell Patterson in motion. It could be a sweep, fake sweep. I mean, there's just so much you can do with that. You're going to have defenses that are in full panic mode when you line up all those dudes out there. And I think we're going to see a lot of Alamad Zacchaeus too, without digging too deep into predictions of stats and depth chart and everything. I think he's going to make a big jump this year. I'm excited to see that. And I really hope that um, Frank Darby goes out there and has a uh, has a big year as well. I'd love to see him be successful in this team with that personality. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch. But this is a good group of guys. And you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this now is because we just got rid of Julio. People are freaking out, wondering, you know, what we're going to be able to do and how we're going to, how this offense is going to be successful. A lot of teams, man. I'm going to say it again. A lot of teams successful without Julio. We're going to be all right without him. This is a good group of guys, and we've got a smart coach this time. We don't have to have the best receiver in the NFL to go out there and win games. We can go out there and win games with the good talent that we have. We got, we do have a top. You know, wide receiver in the NFL, Kevin Ridley is about to have a huge year. Um, we've got some solid receiver personnel out there that, with the right calling, right play calling, and the right formations and the right approach, that they can be successful. And we've already got one of the top tight ends in the NFL, and Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst is nothing to sneeze at. So we got some solid dudes here. Um, we got a journeyman running back with Mike Davis. I'm excited to see how they use Quadre Olison. I think there's a reason that they kept him. They obviously see something in him. And Corderell Patterson is going to be a fun guy to watch out there. So solid group. We're going to be able we're going to be able to go out there and be a successful offense, and it's going to be fun to watch. That is a wrap on episode 18 of the Heads Up Podcast. Uh, guys, I hope this was helpful. I hope it was insightful um, in uh, understanding uh, what Arthur Smith is bringing to the table for us. Um, a, a balanced, efficient offense that is adaptable. We're not going to be forcing the ball to Julio uh, every time we get in trouble. Uh, we're going to see a lot of different looks, uh, players used in appropriate ways. Um, and maximizing the potential of the offensive players that we have, man. So it's going to be it's going to be exciting to see uh, this change of pace for the Atlanta Falcons, guys. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform that you're using, and uh, please leave a review. That drives uh, the podcast algorithms. Uh, putting the um, putting the episodes at the top for when people search Atlanta Falcons uh, makes the, it makes us show up. So leave a review. Um, I'd appreciate it a ton. Jason, thank you so much for producing um, and all the hard work that you put into editing the podcast. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Uh, You guys take it easy. Love you.